More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. We've been covering the war in Israel and sharing some of what the response has been in the United States, but I really wanted to take some time in this episode to fully unpack the anti-Semitic rhetoric and actions we're seeing across our own country. I think many of us are wondering how we got here. And now we're seeing folks in the academic community, or maybe I should say funding the academic community, who are talking about stepping away from universities like Harvard and Cornell, or even just halting hiring from those universities because of the hatred they're witnessing coming out of those places. This is causing stress and strife across the nation, but some feel like it appeared out of nowhere. I promise you, it didn't. While we were warning you about Marxist ideology making its way into academia and largely being ignored, I'm not sure anyone knew how quickly that was going to lead to radicalization. But when you ask how, don't forget, Black Lives Matter was founded in, founded in 2013, and in 2015, the founder herself of BLM, Patrice Cullors, said this. The other thing I'll say is Palestine is our generation in South Africa. And if, if, if we don't step up uh, boldly and courageously to end the, the imperialist project that's called Israel, um, we're doomed. Hmm. And Israel. Think about that. Since 2015, we've invited BLM into our schools to teach our children the same crap. Our schools have spoon-fed anti-Semitism and hate to our children under the guise of loving Black people. How crazy is that? I mean, I have to give them credit. It's actually pretty slick. It took a big effort to pull this together, turn a country against each other, have the youth turn against faith, an entire faith group. Our kids were fed hatred. They were told they should question who they are. They were told to walk away from faith. And then they were told they, they told they needed a place to belong. Is it any surprise that someone came along and provided a really disgusting place for them to belong? 
Listen to these University of Michigan students gathering on campus in support of eliminating Jews. This is the University of Michigan. Those students are demanding Israel be thrown out of Jerusalem. Literally wanting to eliminate the Jews. I mean, there's really no way to sugarcoat that. There's not so you can't be deceived into believing this is innocent. This is wanting to eliminate the Jews. So what about Brooklyn College? What should we think about this chant? Palestine is our demand. No peace on stolen land. No peace on stolen land. And we No peace on stolen land. I mean, this is something that we've heard in the United States for a long time. Even I think it was this year at a teacher's conference, they were talking about we should change the name of the United States to Turtle Island because it's stolen land. However, in this case, I hate to tell these students, but if this is the sentiment they're going with, well, they may just be cheering for Israel because it was their land first. In fact, Ancient artifacts tell us that the only evidence we have from Israel that links back to history links back to the Jews. And for that matter, if this is the case, if this is what they want to do and they want to say, we're giving back stolen land, I mean, what do they plan on doing with their own homes here in the U.S.? Should we call up Great Britain and say, hey, 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 sorry for that bloodshed in the Revolutionary War. We want to give you our homes and all of our possessions. Should we just give up our homeland and then have no country to call our own, just roam around, just give it back? No, no. These kids, they wouldn't be satisfied with that. We've got to go back further. American land belongs to the American Indians, so we should give it back to them. But then which tribe would that be? You see, the land in this country has passed through many hands, so how could we go back to the beginning and divvy it up correctly? But again, if that's the plan, then these college students should have been thrilled that the Jews have Israel. After all, if we go back to 1917, the Balfour Declaration was a public statement issued by the British government announcing its support for the establishment of a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine. So. That should be good for these students, but they want it to go back to the Arab people. Well, after 1917, Israel declared their independence from Britain in 1948, and they were then invaded by Arab armies. The Arabs conquered Judea, Samaria, and the West Bank, and the Egyptians seized the Gaza Strip. Israel peeled to Jordan and Egypt, but the Israelites were forced to flee Gaza. What? Wait a minute. In 1948, the Israelites were forced to flee. They were kicked out of Gaza. Well, shoot, should we fix that? Should we give Gaza back to Israel? Those, those aren't the chants that I'm hearing at the college campuses. They want Israel punished for defending themselves. You're, I mean, you can't even understand how this is possible, but you've got to listen to this University of Virginia student. It's SOT number four. Let's play that. 
I hope that activism kind of within American society kind of changes the view in lawmakers that that Israel can do whatever they want without any repercussions. They want their protests to stop Israel from doing whatever they want without repercussions. I mean, it's as if what happened a few weeks ago didn't happen. These were terrorists that went into this country. Israeli students, these kids' ages, they were slaughtered by paratroopers at a music festival. But they don't believe that. They refuse to believe it. They don't believe the children were beheaded. They don't believe the babies were burned. They don't believe that these kids were killed at the music festival. And although I suspect these American college students have spent the majority of their life indoors studying and maybe cannot imagine what a music festival is like, I think that it is disgusting that they cannot even acknowledge that it happened. And the real kicker of the situation is that the majority of these kids are at top universities in the United States. We're talking about Cornell, the University of Michigan, the University of Illinois, University of Virginia, Harvard, and the list goes on. The Harvard students, they went all in on anti-Semitism. In fact, 34 student groups signed a letter condemning Israel after the terrorist attack on their nation. The highest number of Jewish, Jewish deaths since the Holocaust and Harvard kids are blaming the Jews. Those same Harvard students got a real kick in the teeth when CEOs of major corporations asked for a list of those students who signed because they said they want to make sure they never hire those students. That's the sticky little thing about free speech. And apparently the part that our university students missed in class. Speech in the United States under the First Amendment is free. You are protected from the government. But here's the thing. No one's going to protect you from your employer or your would-be future employers. So when these kids found out that they may be banned from some of the most prestigious companies in the U.S., man, they didn't want their names on that list anymore. They wanted to immediately get their names off that list. They were shocked because this was affecting them. How selfish can these little jerks be? And then the fights on social media began. You had some people saying these kids deserved it and others saying they didn't know better. I mean, honest to goodness, you have conservatives coming out and saying, all these poor college students, they didn't know because they've been in the system of indoctrination and they didn't know that anti-Semitism was bad and they didn't know that signing this was bad. So we shouldn't actually have their names out there. These CEOs shouldn't know. They shouldn't get canceled. This isn't getting canceled, folks. This is people saying we don't want hateful people in our companies, people that support terrorism. It's not even that they're anti-Semitic. It's that they're supporting terrorism. But wait a minute. Back up. These kids got into Harvard. That means these kids have been careful their entire lives. They've been careful on social media. They've always been studying. They've been good little volunteers. And yet somehow they didn't know that signing a letter that was anti-Semitic, hateful, and condemned a, a nation after they were attacked by terrorists was wrong. These are kids who spent their whole lives trying to get into the most prestigious universities in the United States. I don't buy for a minute that they didn't know this was wrong. And I'm not going to defend them. And I don't think any of us should. 
Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember when you were young and your mom used to say that thing to you about if you do this, it's going to go on your permanent record. And we totally freaked out about that. Like, oh my gosh, I've got this permanent record. Like the first day I walk into my job interview, they're going to pull out my file and it's going to have in big black letters, permanent record. And they're going to open it up and be like, you knocked your sister over in third grade. And then one day we like realized that there wasn't really a permanent record. The interesting thing for these kids is there's a permanent record. It's called the internet. 
And so I say, print their names. Print their names in Times Square. Have them rolling on a scroll in Times Square. Put them in Business Weekly. Make sure their chants are played over and over again on TV. Why? Because this is more than anti-Semitism, as if that weren't bad enough. These people are terrorism sympathizers. Listen to the kids at the University of Illinois if you don't believe me. Israel, Israel, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide? <laughs> I mean, you are talking about a group of people that experienced genocide. This was not that long ago in World War II that six million Jews were murdered. And these kids think it's okay to chant, we charge you with genocide? I mean, after the highest number of Jewish deaths, murders, not deaths, murders, slaughter. Since the Holocaust, this is the response that you're getting from American students. It's insane. How about these students from the University of Virginia? Let's play that. It's thought number two. Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Long live Palestine! Long live Palestine! Free Palestine. Long live Palestine. This is just days after over 1,300 people were slaughtered. And again, I want to remind you, this is not cas these are not casualties of war. These are terrorists who came into their country, broke down the doors of their homes, killed their children, slaughtered their grandparents, kidnapped their loved ones. These people are monsters. And universities are trying to figure out what to do because while they endorsed anti-Semitism, in fact, they even taught it, apparently they didn't expect it to hurt them. But now, turns out, their donors got a pinch mad about it. Turns out the big donors who have given tens of millions of dollars to our universities are now talking about pulling their funds. Again, maybe our universities need a little lesson in the First Amendment because you can say anything you want under the First Amendment, but you're only protected by government. Other folks can give you the middle finger and walk away. And universities are finding out that the middle finger can cost a pretty penny. They can't ask how this happened, though, when they employ professors like Cornell University professor Russell Rickford, who said this about the attack on Israel at a campus rally. It was exhilarating. It was exhilarating. It was energetic. Oh, yeah. And if they weren't exhilarated no, by this, this challenge to the monopoly of violence, Exhilarated. He was exhilarated by the mass murder of thousands of people. He was exhilarated by children being murdered. He was exhilarated by women being raped. I mean, there are people who get off on murder. They're psychopaths. Are these the people that we have in our universities teaching our kids? Because that is a pretty messed up term to use. And I got to tell you, I just can't accept that this guy could go on being a university professor. We should all know what he said and how he feels. How about the University of Washington? 
where the professor of Middle Eastern dance, yeah, I guess that's a thing, Christine Sahin, Christine participated in a pro-Hamas protest, and she stood face-to-face with students holding the Israeli flag while the protesters in the background chanted, sacrifice our soul and blood for Palestine. Like, we'll give it up. We'll give everything up. We'll kill people. We'll die to make sure that we get rid of the Jews. The professor then tweeted, I'm a UW professor and I stand with Palestinian liberation and the end of occupation. Hashtag faculty, where are you? Hashtag decolonization is not an abstract theory. This is a professor. Aside from the fact that do we even need professors of Middle Eastern dance? I mean, what in the world are we teaching? Like, What are you doing when you get out of school with a, I mean, do you have a major in Middle Eastern dance? I just, I don't get it. Maybe you think I'm being a little bit harsh, but let me play one last student for you because I think this is one of the most disgusting ones that I heard. It is, again, from the University of Virginia. Nice to see them making a push against Israel, uh, breaking out of the the prison of of Gaza. Um, You know, it's unfortunate that civilians have gotten caught in a crossfire. Um, But, you know, only one side has the power to stop the violence, and it's it's Israel. So uh, I'm hoping that, that, they'll, that they're going to call things off, um, not invade Gaza and stop the bombings. Um, and I hope that the U.S. pulls out of it entirely and stops sending money and weapons to Israel and stops supporting the blockade um, of Gaza and gives the Pal- Palestinians a chance to, to fight for themselves. And yeah, uh, take on Israel and and get a a proper state. There's so much there. This kid says, Israel's the only one that can stop this violence. They just sustained a terrorist attack. They did not attack. They sustained a terrorist attack. They're the only ones that can stop it. They are our ally. And you have this university student saying, America needs to leave them alone. Give them nothing. Do not help them. But I think the most egregious part of this kid's statement is that People got caught in the crossfire. What the hell? I mean, seriously, the crossfire? This was not people getting caught in the crossfire. This is people, humans, families, daughters, sons, mothers, grandmothers being hunted down like animals, being raped, being beheaded, being cut apart, being blown up, taken hostage by monsters, by terrorists, by the most evil, vile creatures that roam the earth. And when this same Yahoo at the University of Virginia is asked his or her or their reaction, I really, I honestly don't even know what this person wants to be. But when they're asked their reaction to this terrorist attack, this is what he said. My initial reaction when I heard about it was that it's great um, that they're making moves against the IDF and uh, taking back some of the, like the, the settlements. I mean, a lot of those were places that Palestinians lived months ago or, or just a couple of years ago. First of all, it's so shocking that anyone would say, I heard about this and I thought, this is great. What kind of human being hears what happened in Israel and thinks this is great? And then what kind of an idiot says they lived there just months ago? What the hell are these kids learning? They did not live there just months ago. And this is not great. We have college students in the United States who think a terrorist attack against one of our allies is great. I tell you all this to say, think carefully 
before you offer mercy and sympathy to those who stand with terrorists. Ignorance is not a defense. They need to be made a spectacle of. People need to hear their statements, watch them intimidate their classmates based on ethnicity, see their seething hatred, and make them pay the price for supporting terrorists. Whether that means no job, no friends, public humiliation, this is deserved. Fully ostracize these people. If only to scare them away from this kind of behavior, it is necessary. Or scaring other people away from this kind of behavior, it is necessary. Those who support terrorist attacks They should be treated like the Nazis after World War II. No mercy for murderers, especially those who target children. Do not be swayed by those comparing casualties of war to victims of terrorism. There will be those who normalize this. They want you to be comfortable with it, let it pass, because they want this to grow. We didn't stand against the burning down of buildings and businesses in Minnesota. People were afraid to call it out. We didn't stand against the carjackers and store robbers because we didn't want to rock the boat. We didn't put doctors in jail, humiliated children, because we didn't think we could fight that system. That's what led us here. Don't send your beautiful children to these universities. Don't send your hard-earned money to these universities. And whatever you do, don't stand silent. Shine a light on this horrific darkness because it's time for us as a nation to come together and cast it out completely. God bless you and God bless Israel. And thank you for taking time to be with me here today on the Tudor Dixon podcast. For this episode, go to TudorDixonPodcast.com and you can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and join us next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.